This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Over the next half hour, we've got the very latest on all sports at USF. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Welcome to the Wednesday show. Derek Sharp took Tuesday off, said we had a lot to do get ready for the first broadcast, more so than the first game, the first broadcast. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes to make sure, you know, you hear everything that you're supposed to hear. And, well, we still got a lot more to do there, but definitely wanted to give you a show the rest of the week, as it is definitely game week. Tomorrow, we'll give you a preview of a women's soccer match, as we'll be driving to Gainesville for that. There's a lot happening and mixed in with Jeff Scott's press conference, and you'll hear some pretty awesome comments and a revelation from Day-Day Evans of the secondary that was, I thought, great. You'll also hear from Jaron Mangum. In our second segment, Jose Fernandez, who spoke about just an awful tragedy involving a member of the program, a former member of the program. And you'll also hear my conversation, or at least the bulk of it. We'll save some of it for Friday's show with head volleyball coach Jolene Shepherdson. On Monday, we told you about the new radio partnership. We can give you a few more details and get specific here on what to expect, game days, and the rest of the week. As far as game days go, if you're familiar with USF Bulls Unlimited, if you're not and you're just sort of tuning in to tune in, thanks a lot. That's one major change. This is our sixth year of providing 24-7 USF coverage with USF Bulls Unlimited. We were on another streaming service no longer. We are now on TuneIn. And one thing that we've noticed about TuneIn that is great, and you'll notice on game days in specific, is that there's hardly any delay. Our previous service, when it's a recorded show, it wasn't such a big deal. But for an actual play-by-play event, when you were hearing something on the air, it had happened more than a minute ago. That's not the case anymore. The delay is less than 10 seconds, and that's basically better than most TV broadcast so we're excited about that now as far as our partnership with 1025 the bone it is going to be fantastic already those guys have been great about bringing the usf intel they had jeff scott on the air right away so we're going to get more and more of that kind of thing and trust me speaking of more and more maybe there's another big sporting entity that the bone will be adding down the line but for now usf of course is the main one Now, with the Bones partnership, 102.5 FM and the great signal it provides will be where you can hear broadcasts. But just like has been the case for the last three seasons, the first hour of the pregame show will only be on USF Bulls Unlimited. And if you so choose to just keep it on Unlimited for the full broadcast, we'll have that for you as well. A difference is that the Bone will run the entire postgame show. We can also tell you on our postgame show, we're going to be able to bring you Jeff Scott comments live. Another thing that will be different this year is that for the first time since pre-COVID, well, for the first time with Jeff Scott, you could actually hang out with Jeff Scott as part of the coaches show. Now, there are only going to be three of these chances for you to, as a studio audience, as it were, at the World of Beer on Fowler Avenue. Come on out. That's right. We're returning to the World of Beer for three of the USF football radio shows with Jeff Scott. The first actual coaches show will be next Wednesday. We will record that like we have been doing and bring it to you every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. That is a difference from last year where it was on Monday nights. Probably makes everybody's schedules a little bit less hectic. And also the student athletes are getting Mondays off. So this will allow us to, of course, have the student athletes be a part of the show, whether they're taped or or live. In a few minutes when we have Jaron Mangum, you're going to hear him mention an assistant coach who will be our guest on next week's first coaches show. Also, the HD2 channel 1025 is going to carry that coaches show and other programs 
and other broadcasts, namely the basketball. And if you missed what we said the other day, the Bulls Unlimited 2 channel is no more. We needed it for whenever there were two teams playing at once. But now, when two teams play at once, we will have the 102.5 HD2 channel to help us out. And that really is going to come into play not until basketball season this year. Once we get all the schedules mapped out, we'll know and be able to tell you, hey, this day you're going to hear this game on Bulls Unlimited and this other game on 102.5. There's a lot of time to get you all set for that. But just know Bulls Unlimited is still the 24-7 home for USF sports. We have Bulls Beat every morning. We have Bulls Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly every Friday. And, of course, we have the football radio show with Jeff Scott, along with classic games and plenty of soccer and volleyball in the fall. Now, Jeff Scott's press conference was carried live on Bulls Unlimited, so we're not going to play the whole thing for you, but definitely want to play his opening statement, the first opening statement of game week. Game week is finally here. Uh, our guys are definitely excited. I'm having to remind them we still have several days to uh, get ready, and we don't need to, to peak until uh, 4 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, but we're, we're all excited. I'm also excited to see uh, our fans, and uh, it's just been a, a lot of uh, energy here over the last month. Uh, speaking to a lot of our alumni, a lot of our, our boosters and fans. I know we're going to have a great crowd at Ray J. Also seeing so many of our students. Uh, we had the, the uh, green and gold uh, ball drop in uh, the Marshall Center uh, last week. We had the, the freshman pep rally on Friday, over 1,000 uh, freshmen there. And then last night I got a chance to talk to our band, and uh, th they're ready to go. So uh, really looking forward to a great atmosphere uh, at Ray J at, at, at 4 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, taking on a, a very talented team. The more you dive in and, and really uh, study BYU, I mean, this is probably uh, one of their best teams they've had the last five or six years. Uh, I mean, they've got 19 returning starters with a lot of experience coming back on a team that won 10 games last year. And uh, Coach Sataki's doing a, a great job with, with his team and, and football program. Uh, they're ranked uh, preseason in the top 25. Uh, so I think that tells you what everybody thinks about them. To me, it, it starts with their quarterback. Um, Jaron Hall, you know, is a fifth-year senior, a really, really talented player. You know, he's, he's going to be a, a draftable uh, quarterback after this season. Uh, throws the ball extremely well, runs very well. He's a guy that you really have to, to account for uh, with both his arm and his legs. Um, you know, the next thing that stands out is, is uh, their wide receiver core, uh, really explosive uh, at the wide receiver position. Uh, they like to throw the ball downfield. They like to take their shots. They've done a good job of that. Uh, very strong and athletic with their offensive line. Uh, their left tackle is a, a top draft pick. I believe he's about 6'7", 6'8", 340 pounds, uh, one of the best uh, tackles in, in the uh, country, and a lot of experience coming back there. And then they uh, added a, a very uh, talented running back uh, in Chris Brooks from Cal, 235-pound running back. Uh, he had a, a great year last year at Cal, very explosive player, powerful guy. Um, you know, so they're, they're definitely in good position there. Uh, defensively, uh, again, a lot of starters, guys that have played a lot of ball together, uh, very disruptive up front uh, with their defensive line, really good speed at linebacker and uh, in the secondary. Um, you know, on paper and, and looking what they have come, coming back, they've got a very uh, complete team. So a huge challenge for us, but like we talk about, with challenges come opportunities. And for us to be able to kind of see where we are this year with this team, it's going to be a great kind of measuring stick to, to see where we are uh, versus a, a top 25 team uh, in, in the first game. So uh, excited to see our guys get out there and, and uh, you know, compete. And uh, I know they'll, they'll be ready. Again, the 
uh, off-season, winter, spring, summer workouts, fall camp uh, has been, uh, you know, the best that it's been since I've been here. So I have no doubt in my mind that we're better. Uh, now, how much better and how that ma measures up against a very talented uh, top 25 BYU team coming in, uh, we'll find out on Saturday. So, um, you know, I, th I think, um, you know, for us, it's really about using these next uh, three days to kind of hone in and uh, really take ownership of our game plan. I think our coordinators have done a good job. Our game plan is in. Uh, our game plan was done yesterday. So really it's just, uh, you know, getting a lot of repetitions and different looks. I think that's a, a, one of the challenges for everybody in opening games is uh, you're going off a video from last year. Well, there's a lot of things that change, right? You get different personnel. They added a couple of different pieces out of the transfer portal, just like we did, and how, how they want to use them and what positions and maybe off-season study by their coaches, just like we've changed some things uh, in the off-season. You know, you don't really know till you get out there, and uh, I think the first quarter and, and your season openers are uh, really important to kind of uh, figure out exactly uh, what their plan is and uh, for us to be able to go out and execute our plan. You can definitely tell, by the way, being at the school that it's game week. There's just a, a lot more din in a good way. Even where I work at the Selman Athletic Center, there's just a lot of chatter going on. A lot of people are still getting tickets and that kind of thing. It is going to be a good crowd, as you heard. Now, with all this going on, with the indoor performance facility getting near its completion, with the momentum of a future on-campus stadium, this game might take on a lot of importance because, let's face it, going to Gainesville next week, that's going to be a tough Call, but if you set the stage with a win this week, you set yourself up for possibly a good, dare I say, winning season. But you have to probably start with a win against BYU, or else you're kind of digging yourself a potential hole. Does he realize the importance of the game? Of course, Coach Scott does. Very important. I mean, obviously, we want to win every game that we have. We always talk about, you know, your next game's the biggest game of the year. And uh, there's no doubt this is for us uh, going into the season. It's the next game, it's the biggest game of the year. And I think. You know, for us, you look at the four of the teams that are moving up into the, the Big 12, we play all four of them this year. You know, so we're going to get an opportunity to see how we match up against them. And, you know, we want to make sure that you know, when people, you know, look at the landscape of college football and next time there's a chance for a realignment, we want them to look at South Florida and say, hey, those guys can compete and those guys deserve to move up. And uh, one of the, there's a lot of factors that go into that, but probably the number one factor is you're winning on the field. And um, so there's, there's no doubt uh, that's important. Uh, I think, you know, it's not something we spend a lot of time thinking about. Those are things that maybe you talk about at the beginning of fall camp and kind of talking big picture. Now everything is about the process that's required to win. Uh, but there's no doubt. Uh, if we, we're we're uh, fortunate to, to play well enough to, to earn a victory Saturday, that'll be a, a big moment uh, for kind of uh, our our process in our journey this season. Well, the man asking those questions was Joey Knight, my buddy from the Tampa Bay Times. So you knew there was going to be an article on the importance of the game. And indeed, if you check out tampabay.com, it's there. Jaron Mangum will address that in part of his comments. We'll play a little Mangum medley for you in just a couple. But obviously, you got to hear something about the quarterback, Gary Bohannon. And a little note for you. Joey Johnston is scheduled to speak to GB today for our pregame show. You'll hear that exclusively at the end or towards the end of the first hour of the pregame, so file that away. But as far as having Bohannon and what he specifically wants to see in this first game, here's more of Coach Scott. First thing we talk about is I want to see what our best looks like, whatever that is. Each, each year, you know, your best may be different. I want to see what our best looks like on offense, defense, and special, special teams. Uh, that, that's really the standard. You know, obviously we want to win the game, but you can't focus on winning the game. 
right? You have to focus on internally how you do what you do and, and working to, to do everything at the best version that we can do it. So that would be number one. And then maybe more specifically, you know, I'd love to see Gary. It's going to be his first time on the field, you know, with this offense and with this team. And, and I want to see him doing a great job of really driving the car and really kind of moving that offense and directing traffic and all the things that go on in, in, a, uh, in a game where you've got to help guys get lined up. You've got to be able to make the calls and adjust to blitzes. And so really just being a, a communicator, being the leader on game day like he's been in practice and in the meeting rooms. Uh, and then just playing within himself. Um, that's really what I'm, I'm looking for uh, from him. And then defensively, you know, I, I want to see us uh, obviously play well, execute our game plan. Uh, but, you know, some things from last year to this year, you know, we've we got to be able to eliminate the, the big plays. I mean, you go back and look at the, this game last year, and it really it got away from us really quickly in the first quarter because it was three big plays, and all of a sudden it's 21 to nothing. And then from that point on, you know, we played well, but when you – you give someone that big of a uh, start, it's really difficult. So really eliminating the big plays. And then, you know, I want to see us uh, get better pressure on the quarterback. And, uh, you know, I want to see our defensive line linebackers really uh, creating pressure, uh, you know, on their offense, something that we really haven't done uh, my first two years. Jeff, did you start the season with Gary in charge? Um, with his level of experience, how would you describe your level of confidence in having a guy like that to, to run your offense? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, – Obviously, quarterback is one of the most pivotal positions, and then uh, you know having someone. Yeah, I definitely would say going into us the first year since I've been here, where I really felt like we had a, a veteran guy that's been through some some major battles and also been successful on big stages. Is he going to be perfect? No, uh, he's not. You know, there, there's not many of those guys out there. But you know, can he play to the standard we need him to play to for for us to be able to win? Uh, I believe he can do that. Uh, but yeah, there's no doubt. Um, you know, that's a, that's a box that's been checked, but now he's got to go out and, and do it. It's a new year and it's a new team and, and obviously a first game, but uh, I'm definitely uh, confident in, in Gary. Really, there's a lot to be confident on the offense, the veteran line, a pretty stacked-looking receiver core. We've been talking a lot about a Joe, a Joe, but don't forget guys like Xavier Weaver, Jimmy Horn, Choffrey Brown, who apparently has gotten himself into the first unit and goes on and on. And, of course, a big running back room. Even with Kelly Joyner out for the first portion of the season, you're still loaded up, but the guy toting the rock probably first will be Jaron Mangum. Here's a little assortment of what he had to say to the packed media room there at the Selman Athletic Center. We're just excited, you know, to just get back out there, honestly. Um, I'm just excited for this year's team. You know, the bond that we made over fall camp, uh, grinding through the spring, you know, the long, hot days. And uh, I'm just really excited to just put it all together. How significant this game is. I mean, there's some momentum around this program. You got the indoor mm -hmm. facility, booster mm -hmm. donations going mm -hmm. up. There's a lot of momentum. Yes, of course. But, I mean, we appreciate the magnitude of every game, you know. And um, this is just another uh, stepping stone for us. And uh, we're really just excited to get out there, like I said. And um, I'm really just excited to see what this year's team can do. I feel like we just have a lot more depth overall uh, with our team, you know, bigger, faster, stronger. Really, Coach AJ did a wonderful job. Uh, <laughs> we had a very tough, uh, you know, summer and spring um, lifting and running wise. And uh, I feel like he got us prepared to be at the highest level and play at the highest level we can possible. I'm very confident in those guys up front. Um, very confident in GB. I'm very confident in Xavier and the guys that's behind them also. And I'm confident in the defensive guys that we have also. And most of all, I'm very confident in what Coach Scott and Coach Trickin and all of those guys um, have us set in stone for. And um, that's, I mean, 
Last year, I did feel like we got off to a slow start, and I feel like that hurt us. So, um, you know, we just got to bounce back, and uh, we watch the film, and we study from it, and uh, we're learning from it. We learn from it too. I mean, it's it's very wonderful having GB back there. Um, it's very good for us to have time to build the chemistry. We talk to each other. If we see something, uh, I'll go back and I'll talk with him. If he sees something also, he'll come back and talk with me. So just building that chemistry and just um, just building the overall confidence with us in that backfield, and uh, it's just very exciting. So I just can't wait to just uh, put it all out there Saturday. And again, Saturday, it's a 4 o'clock kickoff, 2 o'clock pregame. You didn't hear all of what he had to say. We have a segment called Heard That on our pregame show, again, in that first hour exclusively on USF Bulls Unlimited. Love what he had to say about, you know, probably being the guy that the other team knows is going to get the ball in short yardage situations, so stay tuned for that. A lot to tune in on that you'll like on our pregame show. We can go ahead and give you a little more scoop. The second segment, which last year was Joey Johnston looking back at one of the first 24 seasons in USF history, since it was our 25th season. This time he will specifically be looking back at one game with plenty of highlights. And so that second segment at about 10 after, we will have Joey Johnston going over those wonderful 2011 Notre Dame highlights. Now on to the next man, Day Day Evans. And of course, when you have all these new members of the secondary come in. I asked, you know, you're the guy that was kind of here already. How has that worked out? Worked out pretty well. With the new transfers coming in, just like, you know, having like a new newborn brother coming in, you're going to love him at first sight. So like the new transfers coming in, like AB was a big key transfer that came into the cornerback room. Like we kind of need to help us with the more depth into the cornerback room. So when Coach Shoot came in, he, he made it a priority to say, you know, put pressure on the quarterback, get some sacks. How big would it be for you guys on the backside? Yeah, the addition with adding Coach Shoot, that's kind of good because, as you know, last season probably didn't have as much pressure as we wanted to. But with him coming in, adding his scheme, giving the cornerback more touches other than just being in man coverage and, you know, covering people and running all day on the field. So it's better for us in the long run to help the team out and, you know, get different looks for each opponent we plan in the future. If you're not familiar, he mentioned A.B., that'd be Amaris Brown, former Armwood Hawk and Kansas State Wildcat, who I think is going to be a big-time thumper and coverage guy. Now, he was asked, you know, what is his pregame ritual? And something he dropped in there that caught my ear, and as you'll hear, I followed up with it. Well, so basically how we do it, we do the bull walk, you know, greet the fans, take off my headphones so I can listen to my music at the time. Once we get past all that, I go back to get in my zone. I listen to, like, sad music. If y'all don't know the rapper Rod Wade, I just listen to him, like reminiscing, like where I come from. I think about my mama who passed away. I think about my son. I just think about what I got to do for this game. And I know the coaches depend on me, Coach Shoot, Coach Barlow, the whole defense, and even Coach Scott. So I just get in my zone by staying focused and go over the playbook, attention to detail. You said your family? You said you had a son? Yeah. I got a five-year-old son I had when I was 15. We basically were born 16, 15. Named Damani Evans. <laughs> so, yeah. What's the name? Damani Evans. How do you spell Damani? D A apostrophe M A N I. I'm not the type of parent. I ain't go force like no no sports on him. I'm let him choose his own path and whatever he want to do. I'm to support him. We definitely don't know all about the student athletes. You know them by name and by face when you hang out with them or around them most of the time. But wow, that was incredible. And now we have another young Bulls fan to know about. You'll hear from the other side, BYU's Kalani Satake, later on in the week as we get close to game day. After the Jeff Scott and the football press conference, Jose Fernandez spoke, and we'll just play the beginning of his comments on the tragedy that befell one of his former players. We'll get more into the team itself, this year's team, soon enough as they are back 
on the court with workouts. And then you'll also hear the first part of my conversation with volleyball head coach Jolene Shepardson. We'll continue on Bulls Beat. Thanks for stopping by the Unlimited Unloaded page. Bulls Beat continues right here on USF Bulls Unlimited. Back to your host, Derek Sharp. We are your 24-7 home for USF sports. We have games that are recent, some that are from several years back. We've been dropping some of the big-time classics on you this week. Today it's 2015, the season that Quentin Flowers really took off. And, of course, once November hits, we're into play-by-play with basketball. And so definitely was interested to hear what Jose Fernandez said about some of the newcomers, the point guard position. But considering what has gone on and what was learned over the weekend, that a player who was a former Freedom High standout, Nina Pahokey, played for the Bulls for three seasons, was doing work as a news anchor and a very beloved news anchor in Wisconsin. Well, Jose Fernandez wanted to start, obviously, addressing that tragedy. Uh, tough couple days. Um, as you know, we, we lost a former student athlete in Nina Pahokey uh, over the weekend. Our thoughts and prayers are with uh, Lori and Aaron, her parents, and her sister, Caitlin. So uh, just devastating news, and you can only imagine what her family is going through right now. Well, you know, uh, we don't have all the details. Uh, We do know the cause of death. So um, what led to her uh, taking her life, I'm sure we'll find out um, in the next week or so once uh, all the information is gathered. But... Uh, I know what we provide here to our student athletes in regards to our sports psychology department and our, our mental health training that our, our coaches and staff go through and the resources that, that we provide our student athletes. But again, we've seen a lot of casualties, uh, unfortunately, um, for young men and women all across the country and also affecting athletes at the highest level professionally. So, you know, I know you can, you can prepare and provide all the resources that you can, but you know, sometimes you don't have answers, right? So, um, you know, we'll see what kind of answers comes of it. All I can talk about is, you know, she was a wonderful soul and she was engaged and about to be married in October. Yeah, she lost her uh, high school sweetheart in Jordan uh, who had to battle brain cancer and then you know, everything that her mom's gone through herself. So she's always been a fighter and a warrior, and uh, that's why, you know, something like this is so surprising because she's overcome so much, you know, hurt and tragedy. So uh, I think everyone's trying to find answers and look for answers. My first season with the program and with this channel was the year after her senior season, so I never got to meet Nina, but all what I've heard is she just lit up a room. She was not showing any signs of anything that was going on in her life that would lead you to think this could happen. And it unfortunately reminds you of some similar situations. And we're talking about, as Jose alluded to, some high profile and national championship winning. And I mean, penalty kick. She was the star of it winning goalkeeper for Stanford, Katie Meyer, whose mother said in it past interview that she spoke to her the day before didn't show anything that was going on or anything that would lead a mom who would probably hone in on some of these things right to know that something like this could have happened so all I can say is you know anytime you run into somebody make sure and I have such a wonderful relationship with student athletes I actually saw the great Georgina Corrick along with Megan Sheehan and Antoinette Hill of the softball program at a local restaurant doing trivia night last night and 
No, it was reciprocal. I saw Michaela Washington of volleyball yesterday who's trying to rehab from an injury. Try to uplift somebody if you can anytime because you just never know what's going on behind the scenes. Now, it was just a little difficult to get into the basketball part of things, but he did. And again, we'll have those comments for you on later Bulls Beats. Now, after what happened this past weekend with volleyball, a big win to start things off against William and Mary and then two close defeats, matches that we're still replaying for you on the channel. Definitely wanted to sit down with Jolene Shepherdson in her office. We spoke for more than a good 10 minutes. Here's part of that conversation specifically on the weekend and then on the new and improved depth of the team, speaking specifically about the offense. All right, it's a little bit quieter here, just right next to the court where there was a lot of noise this week. And Jolene Shepherdson, let's talk, let's start with that because there were a lot of positives. I know it was one and two, but dot, 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 we'll get to that. But it was noisy in there, yeah, especially was. on Friday night. What did you think yeah. of the uh, attendance? Oh, we had a great attendance all weekend. I felt like a lot of representation from the community and mm -hmm. uh, from student athletes and the whole athletic department came out and supported us both Friday and Saturday. Well, let's start with that first match. I mean, uh, we got to see a certain players for the first time, but did, did it play out how you thought, figured it would? Yeah, yeah, I think it was a really good match for us because they did put pressure on us. Yeah. They had some really good athletes and big physical team and um, they got some transfers from good good schools, and so I I thought we we came out ready for that match, very prepared and executed well, and played hard together. They didn't uh, roll over and die for sure. Right. They they pressed us, so we did a good job handling them and coming together as a team. And I think it was good preparation uh, preparation for for Ball State, which is a phenomenal team as well. The things that jumped out, obviously, starting lineup, a couple of freshmen. No surprise that Tot was in there, and, of course, with Kelsey. And then you, you look at the match the way it unfolded, and then the final numbers kind of reflected it, that this kid from Brazil, Maria, was going to be a big part of your offense. Again, that was something that uh, we didn't see until Friday, but uh, what got her to that point where, you know, she was just going to be a focal point? Oh, she's a talented young woman, and we're happy to have her here. She, you know, behind the scenes, just so you know, she worked her tail off to speak English to pass the test to get here. She's a phenomenal student, straight-A student, but still it's a challenge for uh, a lot of those young women. Um, they grow up uh, aspiring to play professionally, and she's in a youth club that was trying to keep her around to, to uh, you know, later play in the professional league there and so they were grooming her for that but her parents and her had a bigger dream to come here and to be a student athlete is is more important you know and the parents uh, Maria's parents and her saw that as being more important to come and get a degree learn to be bilingual <laughs> and I'm just really proud of what she had to overcome to do that because when we saw her we're like wow this young lady is a great player great athlete um, and as we got to know her she's a great person but she had to work her tail off and she stuck stuck to it uh, to really persevere and learn English and pass the test to get into our institution and and then she came in this summer you know uh, had to learn how to work out how to learn how to communicate with her teammates hmm all new things to all freshmen but uh you know when english is your second language it's not easy so she's doing a phenomenal job but she's a, a strong competitor she's played at a high level down there so that helped prepare her 
Um, she's a very passionate uh, person and so she's doing what she's always done is uh, responded in competitive situations uh, she loves to get the ball in those tough situations mm -hmm. those pressure situations but as you know as a freshman that's not easy it's just to transition to a whole new uh, way of operating on the court like with new setters new teammates uh it's slightly different ball um mm. from the international game so she's had to do a lot of adjustment so i'm very proud of her that's you know like i have to remind myself sometimes and i'm glad you just did that some of these kids haven't as of a year ago been speaking english right. and i spoke to her a month ago and you couldn't tell which is yeah. just phenomenal yeah. and then as far as the competition part i mean she was sometimes freshmen can be maybe a little bit timid but she was no. encouraging <laughs> exhorting doing all the stuff you want now the other thing that stood out to me from that first match was here's marta who's way atop the list as far as attempts attacks and kills the last couple of years and she was fourth on the list. That's a good thing, though, right? Because you've got four pin hitters that are all strong. Is that about right. what you were thinking, too? Yes, very much so. We have a lot more depth this year, competition across the net, um, and has really helped elevate everybody's game. Amanda DeWitt has really risen. She had a great off season of getting stronger. I mean, she was just a freshman last year, but she came in and put a lot of work in the weight room and training wise and has really learned how to use her body to create more power mm -hmm. she's got more skill um so i i think she's rising um we already mentioned maria but tiziana has also grown you know just a freshman last year so a lot of young talent in the gym tz also put a lot of uh, work in the off season, especially with her blocking, getting stronger technically wise. And I don't know if you knew this last year, I may have mentioned it. She was actually a middle transitioning to be a pin player. Um, she's got the skill and we needed her to step into that role because of some injuries, but she obviously took ownership of that role and really trained hard in the off season. Um, she's always been a natural leader, but I think competitively having her out there and then Maria out there is just allowed Marta to to develop more as a passer, you know, be able to handle. She, but Marta does the, you know, the blocking moves when you don't expect it, mm. the tough serves, the consistent tough serves, like coming out of back row or hitting different options so they're all helping each other the level in our gym is significantly higher right. um so they don't let each other slack off for sure because somebody's right behind them pushing them um so they're all elevating their game and i think our setters have really adapted to the tempo to really open it up for all the different hitters we also get into this weekend's matches in new york and that's pretty interesting stuff you'll hear on friday's show but that's going to end it for the Wednesday Bulls Beat. Thank you for listening. I'm Derek Sharp. You've been listening to Bulls Beat on Unlimited Unloaded.